I thought eDiscovery would be a five-year gig for me. And that was in 2000, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm rounding 20 now. Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of First Chair, the new eDiscovery education podcast from Exact Data Discovery. I'm XDD's Director of Education and your host for this podcast, Matthew Verga. Each month on First Chair, we invite one or more guest experts to sit down with me for a 20 to 30 minute conversation about a single important e-discovery topic. From technology developments to legal developments to best practices and beyond, First Chair will expose you to experienced legal and technical practitioners and their expert insights into our continually evolving industry. In November 2010, the Association of Certified eDiscovery Specialists, now commonly known by their acronym ACEDS, released the first version of their eDiscovery Specialist Certification Exam. In the nine years since, countless practitioners of all types have tested for their SEDS credentials, and ACEDS has grown into an international leader in eDiscovery education, certification, and thought leadership. According to a 2017 survey, the SEDS credential is the most widely held industry certification among litigation support managers and directors. For the past four years, ACEDS has been led by attorney and e-discovery and cybersecurity expert Mary Mack, who has overseen its continued domestic growth, new international expansion, and the launch of new education and certification offerings. During this time, law schools, law firms, and others in the industry have also been working to address their lack of e-discovery education and legal technology education, with new course offerings, new pilot programs, and more. To help us learn about these developments in e-discovery education, both at ACEDS and elsewhere, our guest this month is Mary Mack herself. Prior to her four years as Executive Director of ACEDS, Mary spent more than a decade in the e-discovery industry working for major e-discovery service providers and clients, writing one of the first popular books on the subject, and co-authoring and editing the prominent treatise e-discovery for corporate counsel, which is now in its eighth edition. She has also received numerous awards and honors, including being given the inaugural Excellence in Education Award at the 10th Annual Master's Conference in 2016. Welcome, Mary, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Matthew. Glad to be here. So, Mary, at, at what point in your legal career did you start to notice that e-discovery education was creeping in and becoming one of your roles? Well, I started in e-discovery in the year 2000, and I started as the, um, the director of uh, what we call data recovery collection, if you will. Um, and so I did a lot of forensics and a lot of initial calls with clients. I found I was talking and saying the same things over and over again. You know, the need to collect data so that metadata didn't change, um, the difference between a forensic collection and a, a like an image, a forensic image and a forensic collection of just active files and things like that. And so with that repetitive nature, um, with clients, I realized that, um, you know, there, there, was, there was something to that. And at that point, it was more educating one-on-one. -on -one. And then um, uh, as, as, as part of that, then I ended up uh, starting to write and, uh, and then later, later teach. Does that make sense? 
Oh, ab- absolutely. And, and at that time, when you started finding yourself having to cover those topics a lot, how much uh, how much existing understanding was there, and how much sort of receptivity was there to this new technical angle creeping into your legal advice? Well, what was happening? I wasn't giving legal advice as much as I was uh, uh, practical, project related advice because there generally were attorneys on the other side of the of the line or lit support people um, that were just getting their arms around it. And in the early years, and I'd say pretty much before, say, 2003, um, the people who got those cases, um, and I want to call them those cases, like the cases with more than a floppy's worth or right. of... Um, of data were panicked. They just didn't know how to handle it. There, you know, in the early days, there wasn't a lot um, of software out there that could handle uh, e-discovery. Um, you know, concordance and summation were out there, and you could do some things, but um, but there was a, a, a there was a hunger to know. Uh, people were calling, and they were they were seriously asking for help. Uh, and that was that was a different day. Um, some of the things that were out there already, um, there was a, a message board called the One List that uh, Dwayne Lights and some of the folks in the uh, uh, e-discovery slash litigation support community um, communicated on. And I think that there uh, certainly ILTA was in existence and people would gather and compare notes and, and things like that. But there there really wasn't a lot out there. I, I bet. So at, at what point did you decide then that you were going to try to contribute to sort of what was out there by working on your first book on the topic? Well, the first book, um, I actually <laughs> was reminiscing with Debbie Reynolds about this because Debbie worked at a, a law firm in Chicago called Sunshine. And two of the partners there, one of them is over at uh, Georgia Pacific now uh, in, in Inside Council, but two of the partners there had a case and they needed to educate themselves on e-discovery. And she brought us in and we prepared a little, it looked like a term paper with a plastic cover of, Mm -hmm. you know, these are the things that you need to think about. And we submit, you know, we, we started talking about it and we gave copies to the the partners and the other guy, not the Georgia Pacific guy, looked at that, slammed it down on the table. And I thought he was going to reject it out of hand, you know, just terrible work. He said, we would have paid $50,000 for that. <laughs> <laughs> so from that point, we're like, oh, we got something here. Um, and uh, and so then I was assigned to write the first book. And then my company president put his name on it. <laughs> so that was delightful. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was when, yeah, that was actually the first one that I that I wrote in, in, in e, actually wrote any e discovery, but didn't get the, didn't get my name and lights on that one. And then, uh, and then, was it after that that you uh, got involved with uh, Carol Basri on uh, eDiscovery for corporate counsel? Well, I, I actually we changed CEOs at that point, or somewhere around there, and they asked me to update that book, and I said I'd update it if, as long as I could put my name on it. And we had two more editions of the of the practical guide to mm-hmm. electronic discovery, the process of illumination, um, and that one was. Uh, that that was really well received. It was it's like an airplane read and um, had some pictures in it, cartoons and stuff, and little um, 
you talk about anecdotes. They had a lot, lot of examples of what people did and the unexpected consequence of what they did, <laughs> which, which was fun. But the uh, e-discovery for corporate counsel book came around. Uh, Fios, the company I was working with, shifted focus from outside counsel to inside counsel, and they wanted to address the corporate market, and um, they wanted to build a community of uh, practitioners. And so, what Carol, uh, Carol's uh, genius is that she creates treatises, not only in e-discovery, but she's also got them in compliance and corporate lawyering and other um, uh, other disciplines. And she said, you know, it's not something you need to write yourself, but you create a vision and then others uh, will do the, will actually do the writing and it's good for them. It's good for their career and their uh, rainmaking. Uh, and so we got a, um, a cross section of inside, outside counsel, let's support people, uh, technical people, IT people. Um, and we, we actually got some forewords by some of the judges that were writing on e-discovery as well. And that, and that, um, that book was, uh, uh, came about after a gathering we had. We had an all-day gathering where everybody presented on their particular topic. Um, and uh, it was over at the Penn Club in, in New York. And by the end of that event, everybody knew what each other was covering and uh, who had what, and then went to work based on the PowerPoints and the outlines that they had presented and the feedback they had gotten from each other, went about creating the first, uh, the first book. And I have to give lots of kudos to Greg Bell over at uh, Thomson Reuters because he's been our editor over the years and it is like, well, you know how, how the e-discovery community is fairly interrupt driven and we mm -hmm. are a bit like uh, herding cats. And, uh, <laughs> so that, that's how that came about. Well, and it and it seems to have uh, seems to have really been latched onto since you have you have gone back and and updated and reprinted it now for quite a few years. Yeah, it's one of the few that they have that is it's a subscription book and it's massive and uh, uh, and and it, you know it it can it continues to have a have a life. Um, so it I'm I'm very pleased by it and I mean there there have been. Um, you know, like Browning Moran was one of our authors. And so um, he had contributed the chapter on budgeting. So his work lives on and someone else, uh, Debbie Reynolds, as a matter of fact, is is coming up underneath it and uh, uh, updating it uh, and expanding it into the future. So uh, at, at this point, you've now you've now sort of become a uh a recognized uh, thought leader in this area. You've worked on two different books that have had multiple editions, and you've obviously done a lot of work uh, in your, your primary job in this area. Uh, how did you end up uh, getting drawn into the uh, executive director role at ACEDS? I got recruited, and I, I was over at Zyleb, uh, which is uh, uh, a wonderful affiliate of of ours, Kaylee and I both uh, worked at Zyleb, and uh, I was there for five years, and I felt that I had made my contribution there. And so when I got the recruiting call, I was like, "Boy, that'll be a challenge." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and I continued to to engage on that, and uh, then decided, "What the heck? I'm going to take the leap." You know, it's time for our community to do what other uh, technical 
um, tribes have done, and that is to, you know, create a baseline uh, and get some certification and get some recognition. I mean, all of us have been in this field and it's like, oh, I've got X number of years or I've done this or I've done that. And mm -hmm. uh, most technical disciplines have certifications. And I felt like it, I, I felt like uh, ASEDS, uh, certainly in the state it was, it, it couldn't lift the community up, but I thought I might be able to have an impact on that. And uh, I took on the challenge. So you you were hoping to help uh, help lift up the community and and expand sort of the recognition of this credential. Did you have any specific goals uh, for taking on the role once you accepted it? I wanted it to be uh, a community, which it it was a, a was a beginning community, I would say, um, uh, where where people could. Um, uh, get out of the shadows, they were working. They're many times working uh, behind the scenes. Um, the lawyers are are taking the the uh, like the fruits of the labor, and that sometimes there you know there's not an opportunity to stretch your managerial or stretch your speaking or stretch your writing skills. You're just doing it. You're just moving data from bucket to bucket and hoping that you're not changing metadata and you're doing it in time and you're doing it in the format that people want it done and. And, and things like that. So I wanted to um, uh, have that community aspect, but also to have the credential recognized um, by hiring and purchasing uh, entities, which which is what lifts it up. And um, uh, so I, I thought that uh, it was important to kind of write the relationship of ASEDS with the e-discovery community. It got a rocky start. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, you know, to you know, the people who had the credential, many of them were new entrants. They had no idea. So I thought that there was some work to do to uh, to write that relationship. And I took a good year uh, having individual, very difficult uh, conversations with people, apologizing for various and sundry, sure. um, in order to make it, uh, in order to make it um, uh, something that would be welcomed. Um, and then also uh, working not with sharp elbows with other organizations, but working in collaboration with other organizations. And I think that I think that served ASAP as well. Uh, for, for sure. Um, you, you've said uh, in other interviews that uh, one of your biggest achievements uh, during your time here has been the international expansion of ASEDS uh, with the establishment of the UK and the Benelux chapters. Uh, why was that international expansion a priority for you at ASEDS? Well, I think that uh, we in the United States think that we're the only game in town when it comes to producing documents, and that's just not true. Um, other uh, other areas of the world have their own challenges, you know, and certainly in the EU, the Benelux is, as Jan Schultes is wont to say, is the epicenter of uh, e-disclosure in the EU, in the UK, um, Australia, Japan. Um, we started to see at ASEDS, and I say we, uh, especially Kaylee Wallstead, uh, our VP of uh, client engagement, started to see incoming interest from across the globe and questions about how to do e-discovery. Not so much, you know, what's my local rule, but more, oh my gosh, how do I take all this data and uh, put it through some sort of filter and redact the personal and the 
and the other things that can be redacted and then get it out again. I mean, very, very, it would seem to be like a simple IT challenge to do what it is we have to do, but it, it's all intertwined with privacy and, um, and the various um, legal uh, requirements. So, so when we started seeing that interest, that was when um, Kaylee put a stake in the ground and said, we're going international. And so not only the UK, and the UK um, uh, chapter has uh, is uh, self-organizing, and they they have wonderful events. And uh, when we were at Zilab, they told us there's no e-discovery in the EU. You know that's why we're we're expanding in the in North America. Well, now um, those our folks that we worked with are the champions for the Benelux chapter, and they are routinely getting you know 100 plus at their at their um, chapter events. So the the demand is now there. Uh, we saw the same thing in Japan. Uh, the interest in not only Tokyo, but also Singapore, Taiwan, uh, at that international conference where we, uh, we were in Tokyo, um, uh, we even have people from Brazil. And Brazil has one of the largest e-discoveries in the history of Earth. Uh, they call it the car wash and uh, big, <laughs> big corruption, uh, corruption uh, uh, trial and e-discovery exercise. And so so the whole world has to produce documents and they have to produce them in certain ways. And everybody is now getting more privacy wise. So there has to be redaction and who better the, to do all that work than us. Right? Sure. And and do you have uh, your eyes on a next location for ASEDs to open up chapters? Oh, we've got, we're always cooking chapters and uh, Vancouver, BC, Toronto and Canada. Those are two that are active right now in formation and also uh, Wisconsin is coming on board. And some of our newer ones that are, are already launched, um, you know, Chicago, Ohio, um, those are some of our, our more recent ones. Um, uh, DC has a whole a brand new board. They just had a, a nice river cruise with a hundred attendees. Um, so, very very happy with the chapter. The chapter, the chapters, and the chapter leaders are just absolutely wonderful. Uh, in, in addition to the new chapters, uh, ACEDS has also launched uh, a new executive certificate program. How does that uh, offering differ from the SEDS offering, and uh, what sort of uh, niche was it uh, designed to fill? That's a really good question. Um, one of the complaints we get a lot is that the SEDS exam, uh, the Certified E-Discovery Specialist exam is just too hard. And so the E-Discovery Executive Certificate program, so different than a certification, certification is more psychometric. You have to go bring your license to a facility. You know, you get uh, all of your papers and notes taken away and you, you know, you're timed at a particular computer and everything, and by the end of it, um, it's a multiple choice uh, test, but it is scenario based. So you're, you're depending on the role you fill and what is important. Is it cost? Is it risk? Is it time? Are you the inside counsel? The outside counsel? Are you the IT person? Are you, are are you a party? Are you a non-party? Um, depending on, um, you know, what role you take and what what's important. Um, that's that's how you answer those multiple choice questions. And so you really need to be able to visualize the whole of the EDRM process 
from start to finish, from information governance all the way through to um, putting your evidence in, authenticity, ethics, um, and all of that. So that is a lot. And um, uh, so the there needed to be a first step. And the first step is the e-discovery executive certificate program. And that is a, that's a grounding in the process and the vocabulary and the considerations, but it's all knowledge-based. It's not applied knowledge-based. It's just, do you know what this thing is? Not, do you know when to apply this particular thing? So the, the certificate program um, is uh, modular um, at your own desk, at your own time. Um, there, it's open book, if you will. The test is open book, so it's not uh, something that you have to have in your head. It's a, it's a certificate of completion, and many of the many of the courses that you'll see out there are exactly that certificates of completion. Whereas the certification, we're actually saying if you can pass this test, you know what you're talking about here. Right. Right. Uh, in addition to, to those, uh, you, you had another uh, sort of high-profile accomplishment uh, earlier this year. Uh, uh, you and uh, Kaylee and ASEDS were invited to put on uh, an e-discovery training day at the White House. How did that opportunity come about? Well, we have SEDS in high places. And <laughs> uh, uh, we had somebody who uh, needed to train up the staff, needed to do it in a hurry, and made the, made the request. And they had some specific needs, especially around uh, trial presentation. So we brought in uh, Shannon Bales, who's written a book on that, and then also on the collection piece. Some of the, I mean, it's been a long time since I've done collection. So we brought in uh, David Greedham, who's a patent holder in uh, remote collection and a forensic testifying expert to, uh, to, to help us. And so we put on that whole day-long day long training uh, for, the, uh, for the White House information governance uh, staff. Yeah. How is thinking about discovery different in an environment where nearly everything has to be preserved all the time? Well, let's just say the preservation thing sort of went over like a lead balloon. Oh, we preserve everything. <laughs> you know, like they, they didn't need to know the niceties of uh, anticipating litigation and everything that we that we go through uh, before we decide to undertake a preservation. Uh, but they were very interested in the technical aspects of preservation in place and preservation by collection and all the different different things like that. And then also you know, some of the differences in plain old civil litigation as opposed to needing to preserve for, you know, Presidential Records Act or things like that. Um, so I think it was probably, you know, usually when you go into a corporate environment, there's there's next to no understanding of what goes on once the data leaves the corporate environment, hits the law firm or a service provider, and it's divided up into batches and mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the review and the privilege and the, you know, all, all of those, all of those things. So, you know, exposing what happens downstream with data was, was, was very, we got some really good questions on, on all of that. And I mean, everybody wants to do the right thing. Absolutely. Uh, over the past several years, uh, there have been several other uh, training programs and certificate programs that have sort of arisen. There's uh, there's Ralph Losey's eDiscovery Team Training and Michael Arkfeld's eDiscovery Education Center. Uh, and then more recently in the news, we saw the uh, Cleveland Marshall College of Law has a new eDiscovery Technology Professional Certificate that they're offering. Um, 
do you think this sort of proliferation of, uh, of independently created programs is a net good? Or is this a sign that, uh, that, that there isn't adequate education being done on this front in law schools and other more formal settings? Well, I think a little bit of both. I think it's a, definitely a net good. Uh, Ralph Losey's e-discovery team training is, you know, uh, he has, you know, he's got a um, e-discovery best practices model as opposed to an EDRM that he he uses, and he's very very focused on the uh, technology assisted review and the hybrid multimodal, and he's got some wonderful material there. Uh, Mike Arkfeld, he puts on a conference every year at the University of Arizona. He's written multi-volume books, and he has a lot, uh, a lot to teach. Uh, he's a, a fabulous uh, educator, and the Cleveland Marshall uh, offering is also quite good. Um, many of the many of the participants there are. Uh, frequent uh, ASEDS faculty members themselves uh, or our SEDS themselves. And so I, th I think, um, you know, having these trainings proliferate, I think it's great. And I do think it's a sign that it's not taught in law schools. I mean, we would have to have some kind of training for people who are out of law school and people who aren't lawyers sure. anyway. Um, but the law schools could, if they wanted to, uh, have continuing legal education that was open to a more cross-functional uh, community. And uh, I think some of the law, law schools are beginning to introduce this curriculum. I think of people like Bill Hamilton down at the University of Florida. He's got a whole network of uh, e-discovery uh, adjunct professors. Usually they're adjunct and they still teach civil procedure as, as if it's like philosophy or something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think our uh, e-discovery is more like applied civil procedure and, sure. uh, or criminal procedure, depending on, on, on what it is. But um, I think the water's warm. So, Yeah, in, in fact, uh, that, that was the topic of, a, of an article a week or two ago in, in Legal Tech News, uh, sort of some folks lamenting that uh, perhaps law schools don't offer e-discovery education because it's, quote, too practical for them to uh, deign to cover, not, not philosophical enough. I, I think there's some of that, and I think e-discovery has gotten a bad rap over the years, uh, where uh, especially when students weren't able to get uh, really good jobs, they'd end up doing uh, just, you know, flat out uh, mind numbing document review, you know, next, 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 as opposed to maybe sure. becoming a subject matter expert with a CAL system, you know, that'd be like driving a Maserati instead of, you know, you know, kind of dragging a donkey along, if you will. <laughs> um, but I think, um, I think, Yes, I think it is practical. I mean, the law schools that have clinics, I think, are probably more open to it than law schools that don't um, um, place a high value on the actual doing of law and not the thinking and the talking about law. If, uh, if you had a magic wand and could uh, arrange things however you wanted, what do you think the, the ideal balance should be between uh, e-discovery education happening uh, in law school and other professional education settings, uh, happening uh, inside law firms uh, with directly with their employees, uh, or or happening sort of uh, through formal third-party programs like the ones we were we were just talking about. Do you think there's a right way it should it should uh, all complement each other? Yeah, I actually do. I think um, 
I think it's necessary to have it at the law school level because I think every attorney needs to be exposed to the fact that lawyers are dealing with information. Um, even in uh, even in manufacturing, there's information that's being collected and needs to be uh, needs to be addressed. Revenue streams are are education. Uh, contracts are information. Uh, so that if if the younger attorneys don't recognize that and recognize how to handle that, I think they're at a distinct uh, disadvantage. So I think that there's there's something uh, that you know that should be like a basic level that comes out of law school. And I think that just by the virtue of how technology advances year after year, with um, and we're going to be talking about quantum computing soon, and uh, changes in hard drives have gone from platters to, to the solid state, and uh, there's just all these different um, different things that you need to keep up on. So I think there's always going to be a need for the for the continuing ed, and then um, programs like ours, uh, like say online training and uh, and more uh, what I call more general e-discovery. I think that there's there's a need for that for um, uh, for the cross-functional nature mm -hmm. of things. It's not only law; it also has some technology. It has some compliance. It has some privacy. It has some security to it. It has IT to it. Um, that all of that, um, you know. So having that be, uh, you know, sort of a basic level. But I think once you get into your own organization, whether you're a service provider, a law firm or a corporate um, legal department, that it is going to require that you bend what you learn to the way you do business uh, and the way you go to market and the way you serve your clients uh, and the way your clients want to be served. Uh, it's very important to adapt that. Uh, uh, and so one size does not fit all, I don't think. Um, but I think that there is, a, there is a baseline that people can get and then do the customization. Uh, well, looking forward, uh, what do you think is in the future for ACEDS? Uh, how do you hope to see it uh, continue to grow and evolve uh, in its offerings in this area? Well, one of the reasons Kaylee and I are doing uh, the very, very long uh, transition we're we're going to the end of uh, end of October is to make sure that the, there's a sustainable way for the uh, the organization to keep going, and. Um, so that's that's as a as an organization, and as for uh, new offerings and curriculum offerings, and that's something for the new leader of of ACEDS to define in collaboration with Steve Fredette, who's the CEO of Barbary. Uh, Barbary sees eDiscovery as very strategic uh, to its endeavors, and uh, and so I think I think there'll be more coming out from there. But as the as the person who's who will be. Uh, uh, watching the ship go from the shore and doing a little wave, I think it, it would be best for them to uh, to to uh, define uh, define the future direction. And what about for yourself? Do you uh, can you give us any previews of what challenges you plan to undertake next? Well, I, I thought eDiscovery would be a five year gig for me. And that was in 2000, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm rounding 20 now. And, uh, and that's not years old. But, uh, 
<laughs> um, so I'm actually looking at uh, what I'm looking at now is more technical aspects, uh, part of the, uh, you know, very limited non-compete. I uh, Kaylee and I both negotiated with, you know, that uh, uh, online training for generally discovery, that's not something we can do, but technical training we can. Um, and so we're looking at some various, uh, various things that it will be global. There'll be a community aspect to it. Uh, it will be uh, multidisciplinary. Uh, I think that's one of our one of our gifts is being able to bring different disciplines and different communities together in a way that um, makes all of the participants um, you know it make it easier to learn about other things and to have access to resources that. Uh, uh, in this ever-changing world, we all need that. Uh, so there'll be there'll be some of that. We'll be, um, you know, we're community people, and uh, I, I I think you'll see you'll see some of that. I I, I wish I were at liberty to say we don't. <laughs> we got some things. We got some some things that are cooking, but they're not ready to come out of the oven yet. <laughs> so. Well, I, I, I'm sure we we will all wait with bated breath. I'm sure everyone's very excited to see what those are. Well, I'll, I would love to update you on them uh, when when uh, when they when the oven door uh, starts uh, ringing and telling us that it's done. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to have you back whenever that is, so that you can come and tell us all about it. Exactly, but I think you can you know you rest assured that Kaylee and I are going to be working together and uh, um, uh, you know working with our great community. Well, Mary, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and share all of that information with our listeners. We really appreciate it. Well, I love being on the other side of the microphone, Matthew. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I'll look forward to being included in you know quite a quite a nice list of interviewees you have. Oh, thank you. Thank you once again to our guest today, Mary Mack, for taking time out of her busy schedule to share those insights with us. And thank you to all of you for joining us for another episode of First Chair. Next month, First Chair will feature XDD Managing Director of Consulting Services, Liz Letak, discussing social media in eDiscovery. You can submit questions for Liz ahead of the episode by visiting our website at exactdatadiscovery.com slash podcast. That's exact, X-A-C-T. And while you're there, be sure to check out our libraries of free articles, practice guides, white papers, and webinars to learn more. XDD, because you need to know.